0: Yeah. I would play like uh, Andrew Sadejo, but I'd be good.
1: <laughs> I
0: wouldn't he wouldn't would play, would play like recess football.
2: <laughs> Jeez.
1: Tyler. You know the funniest thing about your answer, Cam? Because I said safety as well.
2: <laughs> no, all three, Bye. Bye. Oh, all three of us did. all three of us did. What's going on? I'm back, baby. Yes, sir. I am back. Yes, sir. Another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast. Fellas, thanks for taking good care of the podcast without me while I was away.
1: Uh, it got kind of rocky when I <laughs> Tyler, it was,
0: it was fantastic. <laughs> my favorite episode it's so far. Tough. tough as bones. Yeah, we'll say that.
2: Top three hosts on the podcast, as, as Cameron told me. Three. Top three. Top
1: three hosts. One or two.
0: <laughs>
1: Sorry, uh, those were I, Tyler's words, not I, mine. I, he I, said it first. My,
2: those were my words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fellas, how are we doing today? Doing good. Doing
1: great. Doing great. Talk good. some more football.
2: I know. So, so, see, I was listening to one of the podcasts last week, and Tyler, you, you said, you know, huh, Tuesday's Luke's his least favorite day at the league when you talk fantasy football. And I, I, I changed my mindset. I helped change my mindset. So I'm like, you know what? He's right. Tuesdays I'm suck sick. outside of the fact I get to talk fantasy football at the end of the day, yeah. which
0: yeah. I love. I love it.
2: I love you can't go wrong. You can't. You can't That's go wrong. ever Well, say we're in the AFC South. Now uh, we're going through Texans, Colts, Jaguars, the Tennessee Titans, a lot of players in this division. Um, some of which have fantasy relevance. Some of which. Um, Fade. Yeah. Fade. You, <laughs> you might be able to pass on uh, in your drafts and not think twice about, uh, but <clears throat> in the first episode of the breakdown this week, Uh, We're going through the Texans and the Colts uh, and uh, Why don't we just jump on into it right away? Um, We'll start with maybe the most controversial, probably the most controversial person in this division right now. That is Deshaun Watson. Um, He is extremely difficult to rank right now because We have no news other than he's convinced he's sitting out this year Um, and he's got piles on piles of lawsuits on him right now. Um, Tyler, you have him a QB eight cam a QB nine. I have him a QB 11. And now let me, let me provide this disclaimer before we go one second further. Our rankings for Sean do not mean you should be drafting him this high right now. No, because I think I'm going to, I'm going to save the question, but I mean, for my ranking, I'm somewhat taking into account that Deshaun might not play this year. Is probably more likely than not going to play this year. Talk to me after August 1st. Then I'll have Deshaun Watson in my mid to late 20s probably. Um, but for each of you, how much, how much of Deshaun's looming issues and chances of sitting out this season, how much is that currently impacting your ranking?
0: I mean, I wouldn't draft him right now. And I – just because, like, if I'm doing a draft right now, I'm not drafting a guy going – he might not play this year. There's a chance he might never play again. You know, that's that's the situation that he's in right now. Now, maybe I take a flyer, like when I last picked my draft, and say, hey, if he's still out there, might as well try. Because if he is playing, I mean, you've got a top 10 guy, no matter who's on that team. So that would kind of be my thought process if I was drafting right now and I had to choose. Yeah. Yeah, I – man, I am so torn on Watson. I mean,
1: if he plays – he is a top-ten quarterback. Easy. Easy. But as it currently stands, with legal issues and with a trade request that is still on the table, there is so much that, is, that he would rather worry about than playing for the Houston Texans. So, I mean, ESPN completely dropped him off of the like, the starting quarterbacks that you should take. Like, he literally has zero projected points mm-hmm. right now on the fan, so like there's really no reason to draft him right now and there's I don't think there's a reason that he somehow comes out of like the tunnel like the slow motion like movie-esque like yeah. I'm back baby he's not he's not doing that this year I don't I there's no way he does that
2: and, and and that's what's so tough about ranking him right now because every everything inside me wants to hold on to this like <laughs> this this fact that he there's like a chance he's going to play this year. Mm -hmm. But the reality is I, I, he's probably not going to. Um, So I probably need to just get over myself and probably drop him down to the twenties, like before August 1st, but that I've decided August is kind of my point of like, okay, if you haven't made some sort of a commitment to being with your team this season, same goes for like Aaron Rodgers too, right? Just throw out Mm -hmm. another name. I, he said, he'll, he'll have his decision in a couple of weeks, whatever, that's that supposed means. to mean <laughs> uh, i'm willing to give more leeway there but since we haven't heard a zip out of deshaun watson's camp i'm i don't know i like it like you said cameron i might take him as a later on flyer as like my last pick in my yeah. draft but outside of that no. yeah no no need to be drafting him with the dax kyler's russell wilson's lamar yeah. jackson's of the world
0: which is where he'll be if he plays <clears> 100 <throat> It's just if, if he plays, so. he plays. <laughs>
2: right right Let's move on to some of the players who will actually be playing in the Texans' offense this season. Um, Start with Brandon Cooks. uh, Finished with a strong 2020 campaign once he got traded to the Houston Texans. Finished as wide receiver 19 last season. Uh, We all have him hovering right around the wide receiver 30ish range. Tyler has him at 29, Cam at 27, I am at 30. Uh, Cam, let's just keep it simple. What are your thoughts on Brandon Cooks' fantasy outlook this season?
0: I think he is going to be pretty good. I I shouldn't say that. He can he will get volume. That's what I'll say. Yeah. I, I won't say it's going to be great volume. I won't say it's going to be bad. It's just, um, he's going to get volume if Deshaun's not playing, if just Sean is playing, he'll have a decent year. I mean, he's had, you know, um, five out of his first seven seasons, he's had a thousand yards. So, I mean, you know, he can do it. It's just, if he has Tyra Taylor, like Tyra Taylor's never put together a great, season as a quarterback you know like we tyrod taylor's a guy that like i'm always like yeah tyrod but it's like yeah i wouldn't want tyrod starting for my team so he'll get volume he'll get catches it's just who know i mean he might he could average like four yards a catch you know just (laughs) could just be how bad that offense is and touchdowns are gonna be really hard to come by on that offense so he might be a guy you take later um but his ceiling is definitely capped absolutely any yeah. conclusive thoughts on that, Tyler? Um,
1: if I can compare him to or like if I could compare his projection to some uh, a receiver from last year, it would be Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. I think with you know, I don't think cooks will have the injury problems that cool. Debo had last year. Um, but Debo, I mean, the whole 49ers team last year just started off on the worst foot possible, right their players are dropping like flies jimmy gets hurt again so that offense is just in shambles kittles hurt again so like they have to literally build from the ground up and Debo was impacted by that where he was not worth a play at all the first like five or six weeks of the season Mm -hmm. eventually he started coming back around when that offense actually kind of found a groove. Yeah. I think that's what Cook, that's what's going to happen with Cooks this year is that that offense and that, I mean, everything surrounding Houston right now, everyone's going to start slow. And I think eventually they're going to find some sort of groove. doesn't mean they're going to win games, but right. they'll find a groove. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, Cooks last year, him and Will Fuller, they got most of their points from medium and long range yeah. mm-hmm. passes and stuff. I think Cooks then – is now going to be used as the short range guy because Ty, I don't think Tyrod's a, got a rocket of an arm, if I'm honest. No, so no. I think, yeah, I think, like I said, he'll have a Debo type Samuel year or Debo Samuel type year. <laughs> Debo type <Man>. Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk. Um, where it's going to start out slow. It's going to be really small portions. Mm-hmm. And eventually he may get back into flex conversation, but. Yeah, it's it's that's rough. It's Breaking rough. into
0: wide receiver two range at the very best. Very <laughs> best. Yeah. Very best. Very best.
2: Yeah, I think I think your Brandon Cooks, he'll be a I don't even know if I want to say a fine flex play, but in drafts that I've mock drafts that I've been doing, um, I've taken him as my flex wide receiver um on a few occasions and I've had to retrace sense and remembering that tyron Taylor is a quarterback and <laughs> Not somebody. I mean, Tyron Taylor is a very serviceable backup quarterback yeah. in the NFL, but he's like, like you said, I can't, He's not not the guy I'd want at the helm. I want Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. instead. But <clears throat> alas, um, one of the guys who would likely be more um, useful for fantasy if Deshaun Watson was at quarterback. Yeah, definitely draft worthy still, but I don't think we can feel super great about yeah. having him on your team. And, you know, for the first half of the season is that fair to say yeah
1: yeah Yeah. i mean you could i think if you because he's still going in the range of a flex player if you take him you best get another receiver right after that Mm -hmm. to play just put in his spot because i think eventually cooks like i said can't find a flex spot and he'll have some value that you may be able to dump off or something else Mm -hmm but you cannot bank on him as your steady flex for the whole year. For sure, yeah. No.
2: Let's move on to another person who probably would be, <laughs> who would probably be better with Deshaun Watson in the lineup. That whole team would be, I don't know why I'm yeah, starting with that. That whole team that would whole be better team. with Deshaun Watson. David Johnson's a player I'm referring to though. Um, finished out 2020 with a strong uh, burst. He ended the season as running back 21 uh, we all have him in the 25 range running backs right now. Tyler's at 25, Cam, you're at 23. I'm at 24. Tyler, what's your level of confidence that David Johnson can repeat a top 25 season this year without Deshaun Watson at quarterback?
1: I think I think there's a chance that he does. I, the, the toughest thing for me is defenses are going to force Tyra Taylor to throw the ball, right? So the box is going to be stacked and maybe the offense will incorporate some, you know, uh, option plays for Tyrod to either hand it off or to take it himself. Mm -hmm. I think solely off of that Johnson can finish top 25 or the defenses still have to respect Tyrod Taylor because he is still a fairly decent runner. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can't just let Tyrod just do his thing. So you got to give him some sort of respect. So I think, Johnson will feed off of whatever the defense will give him.
0: Yeah.
1: That puts him right, probably like smack dab right at 25. Uh-huh. There's no, there's really no chance he cracks 20 in my yeah. book. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, he's a guy that maybe I think about as my running back three, but that's about it, you know, he's just, and like a 25 finish, like last year, running backs from that running back 25 were Chase Edmonds, James Conner, I mean, Gurley. Or not, Gurley. Uh, Gianna, Giovanni Bernard. Like, they, they weren't great running backs around that twenty-five. You know? That's, not, that's so, not a great list. So, to be a even of, if he is running back twenty-five, it's not, you're not like, whoo, he's the guy that I'm gonna just put in my flex and leave. You know, that's not that's not who it'll be. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's someone that you will see a lot of people
1: drop right at the beginning of the year. Hmm. Then he becomes kind of a streaming option, and then people will just kind of hold on to him because if the matchup is right. I mean, because there are some really bad run defenses in the NFL. Yeah. I, I can't name them off the top of my head, but every year. One of them's in their division, Jacksonville. 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 I, mean, I mean, every single year. I mean, thankful for ESPN for putting up, like, you know, for your offensive player. They put up the team they're playing, and then right in the parentheses, they'll say, like, the defensive rank. Yeah. Look for like the 30th, 29th teams that Houston will play. Yeah. I, I bet there will be one or two of those games. Yeah. You could probably get away with the start then just because you're like, yeah, the matchup is set.
0: Yeah. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't produce, then you're just like, okay, yeah, the, then you can go. The only thing with D- David Johnson is he'll probably be in the receiving game just because that's who he is. Yeah. You know, I mean he's a receiving back and they have no other options. So maybe he'll be about 10 points a game at minimum. You know, I could see him being like 10 to 13 points every week you know like and a then, Melvin and, gordon of last and year. then yeah. maybe throwing up a 20 so if you have to plug him in because you ever got hurt like he, you're not gonna get zero out of him i don't think any week but yeah you're not gonna be like oh he just popped up for 25 for me you know he
2: is uh, not the arizona cardinals no. david He's johnson of once upon a, a
1: time I missed that david uh, johnson, that david, so
2: johnson oh, that david johnson killed me in those fantasy <laughs> leagues oh man but yeah, no. I, the the only thing I think I have to say after that is Tyrod. I mean, if we saw any, well, I can't really take a one sample, one game sample size with Tyrod Taylor last year, but uh, with Austin Eckler, pass catching running back, I think Eckler had like one reception that first game of yeah. the season, yeah. and everyone's going bonkers, like, oh yeah. man, he's not going to pass the ball, and, and Tyrod Taylor's not a gunslinger. He he also doesn't just dump it off either. No. So I mean, he's not, <laughs> he's not great at the helm. I. I I think I took David Johnson in our mock draft because I liked his receiving upside, and yeah. then again I had to remind myself: Tyrod Taylor is his quarterback. That's not that mm-hmm. good, um, but I it depends how much you want to take into consideration Philip Lindsay, and I mean they have Rex Burkhead and Mark Ingram in town too, and
1: <laughs> one of them's gonna get one cut. of
2: them's gonna get cut, but it ain't gonna be David Johnson, it ain't gonna be Philip Lindsay. Yeah, um, those are the two guys that you'll probably have to yeah think about but i i mean david johnson still should be the guy and i i i agree i think he'll be like smack dab at 25 won't be much higher but mm. he probably he probably won't go lower than like 30
0: either oh, right i mean Lindsey lindsey is a good i mean lindsey's a good football player that's not going it wrong like he's him oh yeah. 1000 yeah yeah but he's about the same quality of rush, rusher as David Johnson, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah. And David Johnson's just a better pass catcher. Yeah. So they're going to use David Johnson more unless he comes in the year and the wheels fall off. Yeah. So that would be the only reason you take Philip Lindsay is if you're like, you know what, this is the year David Johnson's wheels fall off. And so he's Philip Lindsay's gonna to have to take over and just gonna to have to get a lot of carries. Yeah. But this team's gonna be behind a lot. So yeah. they have to throw the ball. They have man. to throw the ball. Yes. That's the thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so all in all. The Texans aren't great fantasy options <laughs> right no, they're really now. They're, they're serviceable options, yeah. but they're not guys you walk out of your draft with saying mm-hmm. like, man, look at this deal I got. Yeah. Um, I know I put Brandon Cooks as an underrated player on our Instagram, the uh, FF fellows, by the way, but yeah, um, I'm back with the promos, baby.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we missed that dearly last week.
0: <laughs> also quick tidbit. Vegas has the over under for Texans wins at four. So go bet oh. that under like crazy. If you want to make some good money like i'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm not doubt. a sports better but i would go bet that under like no tomorrow because there's yeah. no way that team reaches four wins
1: yeah i mean even
0: the i mean <laughs> the
1: jaguars right who everyone's like well they won't be good jacksonville will still blow them out in the yes. water. it yeah. won't even those games will be hor- hard to watch yeah but jacksonville will still beat them so yes. they will go 0 six in division that's already six of what you're 18 17 17, games. 17 games 18 out. weeks 17 that's, games decision. that's 11 games and then i mean you have go bet the freaking <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm doing after this how do we <laughs> go put some money down the
2: please gamble responsibly that's the only thing <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say to that i
1: don't think we can do it in, in uh in minnesota no i don't yeah. think we can no so get a plane ticket <laughs>
0: Fly yourself to a long weekend in Vegas yep. uh, and then bet enough to cover the plane ticket and a <laughs> <the> plane ticket <laughs> back. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Leave yourself some and then, yes, responsible gamb- <laughs> the gambler. <laughs> we're, we're
2: getting we need, sidetracked here. Yeah, I'm going to bring us back here. Before we move on, any last Texans players that we even want to mention? We saw Kiki Cutie get a little bit of action at the end of the last season. <laughs> he was literally
1: my favorite pick of all I, year. I,
2: I love Kiki for two Kiki. weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> it I love really him. He
1: was great. He was my flex for two weeks straight. And I won games because of Kiki Cutie. So he won't do anything this year. Sorry. He won't. But hey, Collins? Rookie, 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 rookie Collins. wide receiver. Yeah, Collins, Collins, me. He's the biggest body for yeah. Houston um, on the outside. So There's got a
0: path to targets.
1: Yes, (laughs) I mean Randall Cobb, Chris Conley, Andre Roberts, and who else am I forgetting? Oh, Kiki. Yeah, Yeah. there. He has every opportunity to kind of make it onto you know first team,
0: but so maybe a dynasty pick. But that's about it. A late round dynasty.
2: I've seen him go late round to dynasty drafts, and I haven't been enticed to pick him.
0: That's about it. (laughs) Jonah
2: Atkins. Can I do the thing where I like? Hope and pray that he becomes a thing, just like I did with Chris Herndon. Well, I,
1: I it happens every year. <laughs> I'm not going to do yeah, it though, because day. I'm no dummy. But it happens every year. You'll find somebody who thinks it's the tr- like, I don't want to say trendy, but they think it's a smart move to pick up the Texans tight end after whichever tight end it was that would get like two touchdowns one week. Yeah, it'd be right. like Darren Fells would score twice. Right. And everyone's like, oh, he's going to be the hottest pick of the week what happens next week yeah, it doesn't catch a pass for yeah. two receptions rolling. for five yards yeah. and you're just
0: like <laughs> don't take a tight end i'm the 32nd best team in the league yeah <laughs> <laughs> just do yourself a favor and just look elsewhere
2: well that wraps out the texans and before we move on i you can tell i'm rusty i've taken a week off i skipped arguably The most important part of our podcast. The hottest
0: segment on the podcast. Literally Literally. the
2: hottest segment on the podcast. I skipped right over it. So this is either going to wrap out the Texans or it's going to give us a juicy transition right to the Colts. Hot take, Ty. What is the hot take of the week?
1: Hot take of the Houston Texans.
2: We're wrapping out the Texans with a hot take.
1: Yeah. I, the Colts are just also another tough team to make a hot take about, but uh, my hot take about the Texans is that Philip Lindsay will actually finish above David Johnson. Uh that and that can be a pretty simple take because if David Johnson's hurt for the yeah. season, then obviously Lindsay finishes above. But um, assuming health, assuming, assuming health, uh, yeah, we're we're gonna take health out of the the potential same points finishes. per game yeah yeah we'll say that point yeah Lindsay will finish with a higher average points per game than david johnson this year that's my hot take i like it i like it
0: it's respectable because but they could be running back 29 and running back 30 like, so. like <laughs> CD. that's also very true they might not be he might finish above but that doesn't mean Phil Lindsay's gonna be great right <laughs> yeah. well let's move on to the indianapolis colts
2: uh, and man they have some exciting young talent on this team and We'll start with the with that second year running back who, man, really went on a tear at the end of last season. Jonathan Taylor finished twenty twenty as running back six. This was a guy who was going in what like the fourth, fifth, sixth round last yeah. season,
0: and then people were dumping him right away. At yeah, the end of the season. I
2: told I told all my friends you're dumb for drafting him. I'm the dummy. Okay, <laughs> I guess I'm the dummy. Um, I also didn't know Marlon Mack was gonna. You know, just is a shred his Achilles week, kid these week yeah, one, but right. yeah. alas, here we are. Uh, Tyler, you haven't been running back eight, Cam, running back eight. I got be running back nine, all in the same range, respectfully. Uh, again, incredible six weeks of the season last year to end out the year. Pretty dicey middle six weeks where the Colts were just kind of like, oh, do we even like Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> and they're like, oh, wait, we like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Um, currently his adp is running back 70 he's a pretty trendy first round bust pick right now so if any of those first round running backs are going to be a bust, Jonathan Taylor is the pretty trendy yeah. pick for that right now. So Cameron, my question for you is Jonathan Taylor being drafted at his ceiling right now?
0: Um so like you were saying, I'm going to just start with stats from last year. Jonathan Taylor, 232 rushes, 1169 yards and 11 touchdowns rushing oh. and he also had 39 targets, 36 receptions, 299 yards received and a touchdown. I mean, he put up crazy stats. And he averaged 25 points over those last six games yep. you're talking about. So just insane. But I I do kind of think he's being drafted closer to his ceiling. I don't think he's at his ceiling. You know, he's a guy that can really, like, put. I mean, he, for anybody to average 25 points a game for six games, like, that's a, that's a that's great impressive Like that, that's, a, that's impressive. That's elite. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, I don't doubt that he can average that. It's just on this team with Phil Rivers last year, Rivers was – trying to hold on to the ball like he was trying not to turn over the ball that was his game plan and so that gave Jonathan Taylor a lot more just touches in general and like the the game plan centered around him so if, it, if that happens again this year he can definitely be better but at the same time I'm not taking him above my top seven of who do I got I got McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry, Saquon, Zeke, and Chuck. Right. You know, those, those seven for me are set ahead of him. Yeah. And I think he can be better. I personally, I think he's at his ceiling. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm seeing him at being taken. So whenever I'm mock drafting and stuff, I'm usually skipping over Jonathan Taylor just because he is so high. Um, and the only reason of that is because kind of transitioning toward that next running back is for me is Naheem Hines. Yeah. Cause Hines last year had 76 catches, 482 yards and four touchdowns. So that I mean that's really cutting into receiving. I mean, yeah. so if Taylor comes in and takes twenty of those receptions, hundred percent, I think he'd be top three running back. Oh, yeah. yeah, because yeah. I mean, I mean that he could be, be the next Camara esque running back that we see. Hundred yeah. percent, I mean, he's he runs like Nick Chubb, but he is a much, he's much more involved in the passing. Game. Yeah. So he could definitely like take off higher. It's just for me, it's tough to see him this season right now with the team that's in front of him pushing higher.
2: Yeah, yeah. I said it. We on our TikTok fantasy football, fellas. You can follow us there. Another plug. Let's go. I'm on fire today. Let's go. We we posted a video on there talking about how you know if you draft Jonathan Taylor appropriately, he's not going to be a bust because you're not going to pay as high of a price
0: for him. For what his potential floor could be, because um, his floor is still super high. Don't get me wrong. I mean, no, his yeah, floor is like running back thirteen or something. Right. Or I mean, he, it's he's gonna. Still, he's still gonna be so good. He's still
2: a top fifteen running yes. back this season, no question. No matter what happens. But if you draft, if you draft him right in the middle of his floor and ceiling, let's say his, let's be modest and say his ceiling is running back five yes and let's say his floor is running back 15 if you draft him at running back nine or ten you got good value yes for jonathan taylor then mm-hmm. i think yes. i think you got fair value for him so I, he's not a guy that i don't think he should, I, I think you should still take guys like Devonte adams ahead of him yes. yeah uh well you mentioned nick chubb um i still think those top six seven eight guys should still be going ahead of jonathan taylor i'm not saying i don't like jonathan taylor if you pick him up at the tail end of your first round that's a win that's 100%. a win for you, hundred percent. But if you're like in those middle five,
1: six, seven picks, yeah,
2: I, I even eight, I don't know if Jonathan Taylor's your guy, truthfully.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen mock drafts where it goes. I mean, because Nick Chubb, for whatever reason, on ESPN is like his, criminally like, underrated, yeah, He's at like fourteen in the rankings right now. So that's like beginning around two. He's obviously a first round pick, yeah. according to all of us. Um, but in most mock drafts um, Devontae and Tyreek are going in front of Jonathan Taylor. And I, I would agree with it. Um, but if you are taking Adams or Tyreek, you best get a running back that round two that has similar volume to what Taylor will get.
2: Yeah. Because
1: Joe Mixon. (laughs) There's a plug. (laughs) I'll stop. (laughs) Um, no, I'm thinking, like, um I want to say... Austin it, Eckler. Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, maybe. Yeah.
2: Joe Mixon's in that range, Joel too, Mason, so it's yeah. it's not as crazy as you just maybe, made, you made it maybe, sound off of your tongue.
1: You could maybe even say Cam Akers, too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, but he's, he's more... Go you, ahead. You would rather take guys that have the... You know, I think Akers is a, is a like, solid running back, too, and that's where he's going to stick this year. But, like, Eckler, Gibson... Maybe even Mixon can get into running back one territory, and I think that's where, um, like, that's what I mean by trying to get volume round two. You got to get one of those guys that can. You want a guy who's
0: proven it, and you know is going to repeat this year.
1: Yes, like you need you need someone to take that Taylor spot if you're going to pass Taylor up for a wide receiver.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent makes sense. I think the only guy I have ahead of Jonathan Taylor because you both have him at eight, and I've been nine. I think the only guy I have at eight is Aaron Jones.
1: Which and that I, might I need to maybe do that same switch. And, and I'm I'm thinking and I'm on the edge
0: of it too. I'll admit,
1: yeah. So and, and and it's he he's been so good.
2: Every time people want to try and push him closer to that 10 range, he finishes so much closer to the five range, running back five range. So I and and, and that's personal preference, right? So um, I mean, really, if you want to take you can take Jones before Taylor, I think that's fine. You could probably take Devante Tyreek and even Stefan digs before Jonathan Taylor, maybe you can, you can
1: make a case for, Diggs. You,
2: you can make a case for Diggs. I think you can make a case for any of those guys. Um, but I, Tyler, I like how you said it too. If you pass on Jonathan Taylor and he goes at the tail end of your first round before he comes back to you, uh, you better make sure to grab a high volume guy Then Austin Eckler is probably a really good pick um, to really target that in your, in your second round. So um, we all like Jonathan Taylor. I yeah. feel like we've said a lot of negative things about Jonathan Taylor, but we all like Jonathan Taylor to be a top 10 running back mm-hmm. this year. And he's going to be a borderline elite addition for your fantasy team. Yeah, for
1: sure. He's just not the, like, he's not someone we're targeting, but if he falls to us in a spot that Happily. we're comfortable taking him. Happily. We'll take him.
2: Happily. Let's talk about the newest member of the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz, acquired a trade from the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason. Uh reunited with Frank Reich in that offense. Uh, Carson Wentz, uh, man, finish as quarterback 22 last season but but uh even though he had an abysmal end to his season here's a number I just had to throw out here because I I I was fascinated by this and I had Carson Wentz for about four weeks last season then flipped him for a pretty penny um (laughs) uh Carson Wentz weeks one through seven quarterback seven quarterback seven
1: keep sleeping on Wentz, people I'll I'll snatch him for you I granted
2: that was somewhat inflated with rushing touchdowns yes. but still he was getting it done yeah he was getting weeks weeks four through seven were looking really pretty on paper people are thinking it was you know, Carson yeah. Wentz is back baby but yeah then
0: he was great for fantasy just not great for the Eagles and nope. bingo
2: bingo <laughs> um anyways where we have him right for the season uh Ty and Cam you have them both at quarterback 18 I have a quarterback 20 uh Tyler two questions for you yeah Do you think we can see a similar ceiling for Carson Wentz this year, that borderline top 10, even pecking inside the top 10 range? Uh, And then what's your more realistic projection for Carson Wentz?
1: Yeah, so I think – I don't think this year will be the year that he begins to kind of knock on the door of top 10. I think the year after that he will. Um, More so because I think – with whatever happened in Philadelphia, that is such a bigger change that people want to admit going to Indy, right? He's got he's walking into a more comfortable situation. So there's going, I at least in my opinion, there's really no pressure on him to be the guy like he was in Philly, right? So to kind of get back into that mindset, that's gonna take a year. Um and especially in a what can I say India's a run first offense? Can I uh, you can say they're a bad they're, offense? <laughs> <laughs> talking Jeez. about the wide receivers, talking about the wide receivers. They got a great O-line, <laughs> but of
2: that offense just <laughs>
1: atrocious. I'll say I'll say balance. <laughs> balance. That's a, that's a good one. That's offense. a good word. Um Wentz was always put in the <laughs> spot to bring the team back to be the the main guy for Philly he doesn't have to do that anymore Mm -hmm. so I think that takes a year like I said again it takes it'll take him a year to kind of get into that role I think he is definitely worth taking as your quarterback quarterback too in case he does kind of pick up where he left off with with Reich where he's knocking on QB1 status he's worth taking as your second quarterback um, but I wouldn't put the expectation on him as you have had in other seasons where mm-hmm. quarterback seven rushing touchdowns, slaying the ball across the field that I
0: don't think that's this year that's to come, but just not this year.
2: Yeah. Any other thoughts Cameron on that?
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, we know his, I mean, his floor was last year, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions in 12 games. Like that's yeah. his floor, but the year before he still had 4,000, 4, yards, 27 touchdowns, yeah. you know? So, I mean, you know, he's, I mean, he's not like, he hasn't done it in a long time. Like he can do it, but like you're saying, they got an amazing defense who was great on turnover differential and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So you're going to run the ball and play great defense and whatever Carson Wentz does is just an extra. So yeah, that's kind of, well, it's kind of where he's and I think where he'll be at. I think to, I agree. 100% with what you're saying. Yeah. I think back to when Kirk
1: cousins came to Minnesota, it took Kirk a year to kind of get familiar with yeah. everything mm-hmm. Then after that, he kind of, you know, he kind of grew a little bit more. But then you really got to see Kirk do his thing last right? year.
0: Yeah,
1: he. It, it takes a, a year to transition with new offense and new personnel around you. But um, I think the thing Cousins was leaving an offensive line that he had in Washington, but he was gaining weapons in Minnesota. Yeah, you can make a similar argument for Wentz going to Indy. He's leaving a. Aging and inconsistent offensive line for one of the best offensive lines. Yep. Maybe you can make an argument that he's got better personnel than Philly, but wide like, receivers about the same. Wide receivers about the same. <laughs> better running back. Better running. Much back. better running back than, yeah. than Philly. Let
2: best. it be yeah. known, yeah. Miles Sanders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So i I compare it to Kirk, and his first year, it was up and down. Right. Like, there were games where Kirk. You thought that he's was figuring it out, but then the following week he's back yep. where he was. That's going to be once this year. Sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, Wentz is still on the right side of 30. 30 is always kind of the marker for any football player in my mind. Um, running backs is closer to 28, but Wentz is on the right side of 30. So I think he's still got a lot of football left in him. And yep. like you said, he, he was doing great things literally less than two seasons ago. Yeah. So I, I still think, you know, a, a strong – campaign for Wentz is in the works but I yeah I I don't come out of him as your only QB from your drafts 100% (laughs) let's let's go on to the guys who will be passing the football catching the football (laughs) from Carson Wentz uh and we'll just start with probably the most prominent name amongst the wide receiver group only because he's been the one who's been there the longest and that's ty hilton uh he's currently going uh ish. As, he's going as wide receiver 53 right now um this is probably gonna be an easy question either of you think here turns to the clear number one offense the clear number one option
0: in that offense this year yes or no since we're I clipping away on time here, May, tough, maybe man. just because there's nobody else that's like stepped up last year, yeah. but I, I mean, he's not gonna return to the old TY Hilton top 20. T.Y. Hilton, no, no, I mean, I, I have a stat he averaged under 13 uh points per game three, out of, the three yeah. out of the last four seasons, three of the last four seasons, so he's been he hasn't been in the same TY for a while, Ugh. so yeah,
1: I think I think TY finally has um quarterback that can get him the ball because he's a deep yeah. threat.
0: Since Luck, yeah.
1: Yeah. his yeah. first guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's when he broke out. Or yeah. he came onto the scene, at least, with Luck. Yeah. Um, Rivers was never going to give him the ball.
2: No. Rivers has checked down 24-7, so, 365.
0: Yeah. So, if anyone's going to do it, it's Wentz. is going to no. right back.
1: But, yeah. I mean, I I go back to the game with Wentz when he was at Philly playing against Seattle. He's literally getting tackled, and he throws it downfield, like, what, 50, 60 yeah. yards for a first down. Like he's getting tackled and he's yeah. still managing. Like, yeah, right. Like Wins will get him the ball downfield. So I think TY can find flex. Maybe production.
0: Maybe. As long as he's playing Houston.
1: I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. I think I think TY has a better chance of flex production than Brandon Cooks does this year.
0: Oh, Oh, that should have been my a, hot take. That's a new oh, hot take.
1: That's the hot take I'm going with. That's wow. the one I'm going with. We
0: switched it up. That was hot. Holy cow. That's legal. That, that, wow. that, my man, that's that's legal. That's,
1: man, <laughs> I, that's my hot take. I'm changing it, and that is final. That could be your hot take, but it's not my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, that's what, like three in a row I've wrote with you on for hot takes. I love it. I
2: love it. I love it. I
1: love it. Yeah, yeah, well, that, I, I was with you on CD. I was with you then, too. Yes,
2: sir. <laughs> Some skepticism on TY obviously comes from a lot of young, arguably high upside wide receivers in yes. this offense, um, and I think that's what they are, are high upside, extremely low floor yes. wide receiver options for this team, and we could probably spend half of this episode trying to talk each other into why Michael Pittman is going to be the breakout option. Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal. Um, we could probably spend, like I said, half the episode doing that. But what I'm going to do, we're each going to take one of them. I'm going to ask you which out of the three you're taking, which out of the three you think has the best chance to step forward and break out. And you get 30 seconds to explain yourself. All righty, then we'll just move on. Okay, just yeah. because we're on short on time and we got to make sure we get to the people. Yeah, the people's so questions got to be answered. The listeners, the devoted <laughs> listeners. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yes, That's what Cameron, I'm let's doing. start with you. Give me your Colts wide receiver, not named T.Y. Hilton. You're keeping
0: tabs on so going into the season. Going Paris Campbell. Um, Paris Campbell has played nine games, had five injuries, and cut 24 passes. So we have no idea what Paris Campbell <laughs> can do. And, and But a senior year <laughs> at
2: Ohio. That's, that, that was just like, that was, just, what a stat line. Half of like it was
0: injuries, <laughs> but... 30 seconds start now, or does <laughs> that kind <laughs> of you know, no, start, now. Starts start now. now? So a senior year at Ohio State Paris Campbell had 90 catches, 1,063 yards, and 12 touchdowns, in like 13 games or whatever they play. So you know he can put up production. And they, I mean, they all they've ever said since they gotten him is we want to make him a big part of our offense. And so maybe this is the year that they finally do. I'm not high on really high on any of them, but he's going latest in the draft besides Pascal. Um, he's going like the 14th round. So as a guy in the 14th round who you know put up great numbers in college, who you know they want to get involved, that is why I would take Paris Cable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good argument. Thank you. Me?
1: Ty, well, on to you, man? I'm up. Ty's up. Ties up. I will, I'm going to change my answer a bit. Instead of saying someone that I will be looking for or targeting or, you know, watching, it's someone that I will not be watching. Oh. That's Zach Pascal. Um, Pascal only produced or he he only was relevant, and I use that lightly because Paris Campbell was out, and uh, Pascal was the slot guy, so you have Ty downfield, you have Pascal in the short, and you have Pittman just kind of doing god knows what because (laughs) his stats were not super. Pittman was all over the place, (laughs) yeah, he was a roller coaster. I think Pascal. He now is back in that wider wide receiver four spot before yeah. Paris got hurt. Maybe he is worth a look later on in the season if one of those three falls down because yeah. of injury or whatnot. But like I said, he's not someone I'm looking at. And I mean, even with the, the playing time that he had last year, he didn't really – Do much with it when you're wide receiver
0: four in a bad wide receiver room. That's not usually good for fast. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) See, I should have just said that, but I just (laughs) had to elaborate a little bit more. That's okay. I was I was thinking on the same lines.
1: Yeah. So that's that's Zach Pascal for all you folks. All you folks. That leaves Michael Pittman
2: for me, and that's okay. That's who I was going to take anyways. I, I have Michael Pittman ranked the highest out of all the Colts wide receivers. Actually, I had a T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I didn't put it down what I actually have him ranked as. That was a mistake on my end. You both have rankings right in front of you, though, so you can like it's a triple race. check for me. It's a race.
0: You keep talking. about. Uh,
2: yeah. Michael Pittman was actually uh, a candidate I was looking for. You know when it's like midseason – it's like you're looking to kind of like bump up your depth a little bit and upgrade your flex spot. Tyler, yes, you have the answer where I have Michael Pittman ranked.
1: Michael Pittman is ranked wide receiver 50 right now. Yeah, you have him at 50. You have him at 50, yep. yep. And Perfect. TY is at 64.
2: Oh, I need to move TY up in my rankings. <laughs> uh, clearly, I've looked south of like 40 in some time. Uh, and Zach
0: Pascal is at 193. <laughs> Sounds about right. I took Ty's
2: advice there. Sounds about right. (laughs) Anyways, Michael Pittman. Uh, He was so. Anyways, uh, he again the time of the year last season where I typically start to look for like you know an upgrade at wide receiver three an upgrade at flex spot. And Michael Pittman had just broken out, right? And I'm like, this could be the guy. I know I'm gonna have to buy a little bit high on him, but hey, I also got guys like Cole Beasley sitting on my bench who are like, he has no business being this consistent. (laughs) Will's got to fall off at some point, I think. Thank goodness I kept Cole Beasley because, uh yeah, Michael Pittman, uh, like you said, that was much more of a roller coaster ride last season. But I to the eye test last season, he looked like the best wide receiver on that team. T.Y. Hilton, he, he's old. He doesn't have he doesn't have the burst anymore. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the zip. Michael Pittman's still young. Uh, he's got the length to be that. I, I don't want to say a big body option. He's still pretty slender, but. Um, he's got the quickness, he's got the route running. He's got I he was third behind Zach Pascal in fantasy scoring, but uh Michael Pittman also missed three games last season. I if he played those three games, he probably would have finished ahead of Zach Pascal. So whether you want to count him as the number two option in that offense last season, I think he's a good candidate to take, take a step forward this year. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be a breakout candidate, because I mean I just I agree with everything that's been said about Carson Wentz kind of needing a year to get acclimated, but alas, um I don't know. Michael Pittman's the one I'm keeping an eye on. I, I'm not super stoked to draft him, but if you're looking for that wide receiver five and he, some of the options on there are kind of scratching their head. at like, well, they're in the Jets offense is like the third wide receiver. Take Michael Pittman there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it. Um, and he's going to be one of those guys you're probably going to end up dropping for whatever undrafted running back pops off the first two to three weeks. Yeah. Phil um, uh, <laughs> anyways michael Pittman, low risk option who i think has high upside to potentially you know get into that wide receiver three conversation i don't know if he's necessarily flex conversation but um
1: dynasty is definitely worth it. dynasty
2: effort. he's worth definitely worth a draft pick definitely worth a look all
1: right
2: well that wraps out the colts uh with what we have left of this episode uh, let's go through the people's questions mailbag 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 we got a mailbag. Uh, first question. Oh, man. Dude. Oh, McLovin messaged us again. Oh, yes.
1: McLovin's all Yes, I love McLovin. Yes. Let's uh, actually, go. it might
2: be his brother. McLovin's bro.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's his brother. Yeah, that's Irrelevant. <laughs> Irrelevant. McLovin's bro asked, if you guys could play at an elite level at one position besides quarterback in the NFL, what position would it be? We're oh. going to do this like the Colts. You get your, you get your position, you get 30 seconds to
0: explain yourself. I've been thinking about this all week. <laughs> if I can play at an elite level, I am playing strong safety, and I'm going to be like Cam Chancellor and just knock people's heads off. I just want to come down like on a guy with his head down, try to catch a pass, and just blow someone up. <laughs> if I can play at an elite level, that is what I would do. I play like – actually, I play like Sean Taylor. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> That's how I would play. I would just be trying to crush people all the time. P- or Actually, I would I would play like
2: we been saying it wrong our
0: whole life. I would play like uh Andrew Sedejo but I'd be good. He would he would play head. he
2: would play like recess football. <laughs> Jeez. Tyler
1: you know the funniest thing about your answer camp is I said safety as well.
2: <laughs> no, all but, but, no, all three of us did. All three of us <laughs> did.
1: No, but here's my—I am more so the um, um, who would be a good example? The most recent one, I guess, that comes to mind: Anthony Harris, uh-huh. your cover one safety that will just kind of watch everything happen in front of just them, going for picks. Ball (laughs) hocking. So here's the thing. (laughs) Sadejo. Sadejo does that. He gets it wrong.
2: 95%
1: of the time. As as a former catcher, all I'm used to is seeing everything around me and directing everything around Uh, me, right? I feel like from the safety spot, maybe maybe from a linebacker, but I'm not a big brute like a linebacker. So safety, (laughs) because I can watch and I can kind of bait quarterbacks. I would love to bait a quarterback into a bathro and then take it to the house. So Ed Reed
2: ed reed that's a
1: good one <laughs> that made me so happy because <laughs> <me> so <laughs> i thought ed reed was more of a hitter but i'm like more than i think about it yeah yeah he was, this instincts
2: are unreal yeah
0: all right lucas
2: <laughs> yeah i did safety too
1: moving on no <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it was
1: a combo of the two i would actually do a combo that that would be you you would be both the hard hitter and the ball hawk
2: yeah yep <laughs> The, the, the skinniest dude here <laughs> means nothing but anyways um no and literally so, my explanation for why i wanted to play safety too i was ready to lay into anderson day <laughs> i was ready for it uh, Let's uh, say i'd play strong safety except i'd have far better instincts than anderson day <laughs> um look he's in the nfl i'm not clearly he's a talented football player but man i'm sorry man it was painful to watch sometimes um <laughs> There you go. We'd all choose to play safety, and we did not discuss this before no. we started this no, segment at all. Um, so, uh, all right. Last mailbag question to wrap up the podcast it comes from Riley Ewan. Uh, excuse me if I mispronounced your last name there. Riley Y U E N is the last name. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on Debo Samuel this year? We've hyped him up a little bit here and there. Um, Tyler, you've kind of been the the one amping up Debo more than the I, rest of us and I
1: defer
0: all
2: of my time for this answer to Tyler all
1: right so. <laughs> perfect Tyler you Tyler, you get a full minute uh, to yeah, talk about Debo uh, I will keep this as short as possible um I'm gonna go off my notes because <laughs> I can't I can't just yeah I, we're going word for word off of this so right now Debo is my wide receiver 37 and i is my wide receiver 34 I give IU the edge because he has a higher ceiling and he isn't as injury prone as Debo is. Yeah. IU did miss games, but not as much as Debo did. Um, last year, Debo Samuel played in seven games. He missed all of September. He missed about a month from week eight to 11. And luckily week 11 was the bye week. Played two weeks. Then he got injured again and missed the rest of the season. Say seven games. He finished with 33 catches, 43 targets, little shy of 400 yards and one touchdown. Not super great. And especially because the first four weeks that he was active, four through seven, weeks four through seven, he was wide receiver 42, Ugh. averaging just four catches and 46 yards. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. atrocious. <laughs> um, and Ayuk wasn't any better, right? So this is that whole 49er offense just not taking off. Nick Mullins. Nick, yeah, Nick Mullins. Yikes, yikes, yikes. yikes. Um, but when Debo then came back after his second little injury stint, uh, he averaged 11 targets, eight and a half receptions, and 103 yards. That's 18 or 19 points a week, depending on how you, you judge it. That put him at wide receiver 10. Huh. And Iuke was at wide receiver 40 because he was at the mercy of Debo's production, right? Mm-hmm. So all of this to say, (laughs) Debo is still worth drafting, right? Um, And he can be a flex, but he has to be the riskiest flex available on draft boards right now. Um, And if you do take him as your flex, get an insurance policy on him. (laughs) Because if he gets injured, you are then out on a flex and then you are, You know, hoping that someone comes out on waivers, or you are desperately trading to get a viable replacement for him. And the same thing goes for Ayuk as well. Ayuk again, higher ceiling, second-year player, but both of them will be behind George Kittle. So all ceilings are capped because of that. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, he's worth the flex, but please, please, please do yourself the favor and grab an insurance policy because there's no guarantee with Devo Samuel. Thankfully, you can get Devo
2: Samuel's wide receiver 39 right now on ESPN. Yep. Uh, so thankfully, you don't have to spend low. Let's see, where's Brandon Cooks at? Brandon Cooks is at 33. So they're kind of going in that same range. Um, but like Tyler said, it's a pretty risky flex. You better hope you have three running backs and one of them can play your flex uh, before – just slot Debo in.
1: That. Yeah, for sure. I I guess a couple insurance policies that I'm just looking at that you can take nope. or that I would feel comfortable taking. Uh, Corey Davis, Cole Beasley, and uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Those three, I would say if you take Debo, look for those three guys as your insurance policy because they those guys will still put up some decent numbers that if Debo falls off.
0: Yeah, or you're hurt. not yeah.
1: right. You're not in such a bad spot
2: there are thoughts on Debo Samuel that wraps up the podcast fellas any final thoughts before we wrap it up before we head out
1: no I don't think so I'm glad that we're all safeties on the same team <laughs> <laughs> that is a loaded secondary ladies and gentlemen <laughs> try your best we will hit you we will create turnovers you can't beat us You cannot beat us. It will be the
0: top three paid safeties in the NFL. (laughs) 100%.
2: 100%. We're just three stooges being dudes, the fantasy football fellas. Deuces. 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 Hey, thanks again for tuning into the Fantasy Football Fellas podcast today. Make sure to subscribe so you get notifications of all of our weekly podcasts now on Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, turn on those notifications. You can do the same for our social media FF Fellas on Twitter, The FF Fellas on Instagram. Hey, we're on YouTube if you want to see us uh, video record these podcasts. Fantasy Football Fellas there. Uh, same thing on Facebook and TikTok, Fantasy Football fellows. If you want even more insights, see any of our rankings, uh, head on over to fantasyfootballfellas.com. I uh, got all sorts of rankings there. You can see our first mock draft that we did a few weeks ago. Uh, all sorts of different exciting content there we have for you as well. Three Stooges, just being dudes. Deuces.